How's everybody doing? So good to see you. Thank you for joining us today. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1. Whether you're here in person or at home following us, I want to welcome you to LifePoint. I have uh, an incredible uh, message for you. I think that you're going to enjoy. I think it's going to inspire you. I think you're going to learn some things. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We're going to be looking at several passages of Scripture. Uh, in fact, we're going to look at four different passages of Scripture this morning. So I hope that um, you are quick to turn um, because it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be really good. You know, the question we're asking today is, why am I really here? Like, like I don't know if you've ever asked that question. Lord, like, what am I, like, what is the point to life? I mean, from the time that we're kids, people are constantly asking us, what are you going to do with your life? You know, what, what are your greatest dreams? What are your greatest aspirations? Um, and and I, I know this, when we have a good grasp on what this life is all about, it just really changes things for us. It helps you make decisions. It, um, it definitely it reduces your stress. It allows you to focus so much better. Uh, it gives meaning to your like when you have when you know that you were made for and then you fill in the blank, like it just changes everything. And it, it, I think it, I find it interesting that from the time that we're kids, we ask that question, and I don't even think that we do it intentionally. It's just something. It's just part of life. And throughout life, we you may be eight years old or you may be 80 years old, but we're still asking that question. What is the point? What is the meaning to life? What, like, what am I here? What am I doing here, Lord? And so we're going to be looking at this question, why am I really here? So let's begin with John chapter 1, verse 1. So John is going to be like the foundation. I want to I think this is going to be like a miniature series, maybe two, maybe three weeks. Um, but we're going to begin with John. John is going to be the foundation, okay? And then I'm going to give you a key, a couple of other verses, but we're going to get to Romans here in a minute. Um, Romans will be like our key verse of the day. But John is the foundation, okay? It says this in verse 1. It says this, In the beginning, the Word already existed. Now, who is the Word? Do we know who the Word is? The word is Jesus, okay? So if you would allow me, I, what I want to do is as I read this passage, I want to replace the word word with the word Jesus, okay? Because I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you a little bit of a different take on this, on this passage. It says, in the beginning, Jesus already existed. Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Now look in verse 2. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Okay, so, so are you tracking? In the, from the very start, okay, we're talking about purpose today. You were created for a purpose. It says God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him, okay? So purpose starts the moment you were created. Verse 4, here it is. The Word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created. Life. He gave life to everything. 
And his life brought light to everyone. Now, I think it's interesting because when you read the Gospel of John, what you're going to find out is that he talks a lot about darkness and light. And in this verse, when you look at it, it says that his life, from the very beginning, his life is what gives us light, okay? So, so a different translation puts it like this. In him was life, and the life was the light of all men. Now, light in this verse is talking about eternal significance, okay? His life is what gives us purpose, all right? So from the very beginning... Like, this was not like some random thing that just happened. No, no, no. From, like, if you talk about being intentional, like, there's nobody more intentional than our Savior. And from day one, when He created us, He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you with a purpose in mind. Now, turn to Romans. So, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 11, verse 36. We're gonna look at four different passages. So, Romans chapter. 11 verse 36 i'm trying to go a little bit slow because i want everybody to turn there romans chapter 11 verse 36 so john chapter 1 is a foundation it kind of tells us hey this is what happens from the very beginning romans 11 kind of adds a little bit to it Eleven thirty-six. it says this for and it's it's a little bit similar okay um so this is paul writing through the inspiration of the holy spirit he says for everything comes from him and exist by his power okay so similar to what john said and is intended for what his glory do not miss it we're, we're talking about purpose this morning Everything comes from him and exists by his power. If it wasn't for his power, none of us would be here. The very breath that you're taking this moment, it's because of his power, okay? And everything is for, uh, comes from him, exists by his power, and is intended for his glory. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. We're going we're gonna to dig in a little bit more now, okay? So we're not, it's not so much surface level. We're actually beginning to dig into God's Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. If you don't want to turn there, the verses are on the screen. You can just write down the reference. It says this. It says this. There may be so-called gods, little g, all right? There may be some, some little gods out there, both in heaven and on earth, and some people actually worship many gods and many lords. We'll get into that in a minute. Verse 6. But for us, the Apostle Paul says, but for us, there is, for us Christians, so if you're a Jesus follower, okay? And I understand not everybody watching, not everybody listening is necessarily a, a Jesus follower, okay? But Paul is giving his perspective on life, and he's saying, for us, Okay, this is not about religion. This is not, this is just for those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? For us, there is one God, and he explains it, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. Okay, makes sense. We've kind of read that before. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. He's adding to this equation, so he's letting us know Jesus was there at the very beginning, which was the same thing that John was saying. And there is, so there's one God, the Father, there's one Lord, Jesus Christ, whom all things were created and through whom we 
live. Are you getting the gist? Are you getting, are you like, like we're talking about purpose, meaning, what's the point to my life? Why do I have the job that I have? Why do I do what I do? Okay? One more. Colossians 1.15. This is so, this, if you are able to get this, it will change your life forever. You will be, you will be able to make better decisions It'll reduce your stress level. You will be able to walk through life in such a way that it's not going to be perfect, okay? It's not going to be like, oh, you know, everything's... No, but it's going to give you so much clarity. And so I don't want you to miss it. Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1.15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So before Christ came, I mean, yeah, like we knew about God, but... Like when Christ came, it's like, okay, now we can see him. Now, like this is like the visible, like we, like we, like there's skin on this thing. Like this is not just God out there. No, no, no. He came down to this earth and like we're talking to him. We can see him. There's historical proof. This is, this is just another level. So Christ is a visible image of the invisible God. He existed, once again, before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see. He made the things that we cannot see. Such things as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, all things, okay? Same thing that John has said. The same thing that that we picked up from Paul in Romans. Now watch this. Everything was created through him. And let's all say it together. And help me out. For him. Everything. So, so based on the authority of God's word, we can safely assume that every, that like we were, like every single one of us, we are worshipers, if you're a Jesus follower. Every single one of us, we were created with a purpose in mind. We were made to worship, okay? Now, I, what I want us to do is I want us to look a little bit more into this, because if we were created you know, to bring pleasure into him. If we were created to honor him, then what does that mean? Because, you know, you can, you can, when I use that word worship, you immediately think of Sunday mornings. You immediately think of, of, of what we did. Man, the worship this morning was so beautiful. I loved it. I loved our worship team. Every single uh, band member, they are incredibly talented. And we're so blessed as a church to be led by them. But worship is so much more than what we just did, that those two songs. Worship is much, much more than the songs that, that you may sing or you may listen to this week. And so we're not talking about that type of worship person. We're talking about something different, and I want to share what that means. And so you cannot help but worship. You're going to worship something. You're going to worship something. Okay? And... Um, if you, for some reason, decide that you're not going to give your affection, you're not going to give your worship to God, to our Savior, to Jesus Christ, never fear. You will worship something. You either worship the Creator or you worship something of a lesser value. And so, since our purpose is to worship, this, since that's why we were created for, then I want us to dig into God's Word. And I want us to find out what worship is all about i want us to like what is what is this all about what is worship why does it matter and so this is what i put on my notes what is worship if you want to take notes you are welcome to do this in the most simple way 
to understand what worship is, it, it, this is what I, I wrote down in my notes. It's what you value. It's what you and I value. It's our response to what we value most. It can be so many things. It may be a relationship. You may worship a person. Did you know that? There are people that worship other human beings. It may be a child. Okay? It may be a, a dream that you have or a position that you have. You worship, man. You're so glad your identity, all of your life is wrapped around that position. It may be status. It could be just a number of things. It could be something you own. You've heard me talk about my boat last year where I felt like, God, I've got to get rid of this thing because everything that I, you know, everything was about the boat, okay? And it's funny. You know who bought the boat? My neighbor, two houses down the, 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 you know, the road. And so every time I, I like to run, I like to exercise, every time I run in my neighborhood, it's a great reminder. And I promise you, as much as I love, I love boating. I want to sail around the world one day. Well, I'm kind of giving up on that dream a little bit, but that's another story. I'll tell you about that in some other message. But I love, I love, 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 love boating. But every time I walk past that boat, I feel like, like, <sighs> thank you, Lord. That thing does not have a grasp on me anymore thing is not choking me anymore as much as I loved it okay so it can be anything that you value it can be something that you worship it could be a name it could be a job it could be some sort of pleasure okay so whatever you have concluded in your heart that's of value to you that's what you worship and here's the thing our worship fuels our actions does that make sense what we worship is the driving force of what we do. Now, I want to be very careful because worship is not, it's not just about religion. It's not just, we're not talking about a religious person. We're not talking about just religion or a denomination. Anybody can worship. In fact, I almost showed it to you, but I didn't because of time. But uh, a while back, I was watching this YouTube video of when, like, the Beatles came to America. The first time when the Beatles came to America. And it was incredible. I mean, it was like pandemonium. People, you know, little girls raising their hands. And I think I, I got a picture for you guys. People raising their hands, going crazy, shouting for joy. They would stretch out their arms, their hands, trying to, you know, for just a, a brief touch from one of the band members. Little girls literally fainting. And this wasn't just here in America. This was cross-cultural. This was another. When they first came to America, it was wild. Remember Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson, the same thing all over the world. Um, you know, like people learning their every move, their eyes were glued to, you know, everything they did that it was imitated. Like whether it was, you know, the, the, whether you would buy a t-shirt or music or, you know, like concerts or the products that they, they endorsed. And so I was watching this video and I mean, there was like huge crowds similar to the pictures that I showed you. And I thought that is the most intense worship that I've ever seen anywhere. More intense than any church, more intense than any service or any worship that ever. I mean, these people were going crazy. They were giving their all to those artists, all of their allegiance. They were in awe of those individuals. So we're not talking about a Sunday morning thing, okay? We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about religious people. Worship is simply what you value. Worship is, all of us have this sort of a, a humming device in us that perpetually longs 
to worship something. So you and I, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, we will worship something. Make sense? So I hope, I hope you're, you're tracking. Throughout time, throughout all the civilizations, um, we, you've seen people worship different gods. You've seen uh, different temples, okay, um, where people have served different gods or different, um, you know, things. So this is not something that's just new, okay? Different statues have been built. Um, and here's what I want you to know today. If you want to write something down, this is worth writing. Everybody has an altar, and every altar has a throne. What's an altar? Remember in the old days, you know, the altar would kind of be like your stage, right? And the, on the stage will be your throne, okay? Every person has one of these, and every person has an altar. Every person has a throne. Now, how do I know what I worship? Very simple. Super easy. If you want to know what you worship, here's what you do. You follow the trail. Okay? I, need, I know some of you guys like to bike. I know some of you guys like to go on hikes. You know, when you go on a hike, you, you, know, you choose different trails, right? You follow the trail, and at the end of the trail, you're going to find something. Okay? It, it could be the trail of time. It could be the trail of your, your greatest affection. It could be the trail of, of money. It could be the trail of your energy, where you invest your energy. And here's the thing. The trail never lies. At the end of that trail, you're going to find a throne. Whatever you put on that throne, that's what you worship. That's what you value most. Does that make sense? Trail never lies. So my challenge is for all of us is to... And what I want to encourage you to do today is to take inventory. Uh, you know, I, I, want, I want to challenge you to think this through. Go get, get on that trail and figure out what, where are you spending most of your time? What are you giving most of your affection to? Like it could be a person, it could be something, I mean something or someone, right? What are you, like what, what you know, where are you spending most of your money? What do you value most? That thing that, that, you know, like, and here's the thing. We can say, we can say that we value something, but the volume of our actions speak louder than our words. You follow me? Like, there, there's plenty of people who say, you know, I love my wife, or I love my husband, but the volume of their action actually proves, you, you're tracking, right? Whether they're really... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can say that I'm a believer, but look at my checkbook. Ooh, it's getting real now. I can say that I'm a believer, that I'm a Jesus follower, but look at my commitment level. Okay? And so what is worship? Worship is what we value, is what we're made for. Everybody has an altar, and on every altar there's a throne. What you put on that throne is what you worship. Here's the second question that I want to answer, and then... And then we'll wrap things up. Why does it matter? I think it's a fair question. Why does worship matter? Worship matters because God is worthy. Now, I understand that doesn't sound like a, a very, it's not, a, it's not too persuasive in our me culture um, environment, right? Like, you know, well, worship matters because God is worthy. Okay, but what about me? Well, you know what? Well, worship begins with God and it ends with God, okay? It has nothing to do with you. Worship begins with God. It ends with God. If you take all the little gods that we set up in life, all right, 
nothing compares to him he is supreme the bible said we read that earlier he's creator he's above it all he's a giver of life and so when you look at john john very specifically paints a picture for us we're we're um I'm talking to a friend of mine right now. We're thinking about doing a, a series on the book of the Revelation. How many of you would enjoy that? Would you raise your hand? You know, end times. Yeah, give us a thumbs up if you're following online. End times. Any of you guys would like to learn a little bit more about, like, especially right now, everything that you know is going on. Uh, it's going on in our world today. It's like, yep, 2020 would be a good year to study because I think that the, the end is it's getting here. You know, and at any point we may be raptured. Anyway, that's another another one for. But we're we're talking about it. We're thinking through it. We're praying. Uh, you don't want to get into the Book of Revelation not being ready. Okay, but but let me just point something out real quick. If you if you have your Bibles, turn there real quick. Revelation chapter 4, John gets a glimpse of heaven. And I just want to read this real quick because I think this kind of goes along what we're talking about. Like, why does it matter? Well, I'm saying that worship matters because our God is worthy. Well, let me, let me, like, yeah, I understand that's not very persuasive in our me culture, you know, world, but, but I want, I want you to see it, okay? Because he says this, uh, chapter 4, verse 8, I'm going to begin kind of halfway through it. He says this, day after day and night after night. Now watch that language because that's important. That'll come up here in a minute, in a, in a second, okay? Day after day, night after night, they kept on saying. I love this. They're not, they never stop. These are angels, okay? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Are you are you tracking? So these are this is a picture of heaven. So in some some angels, day after day, night after night, they're saying they're declaring they're, they're, this is their allegiance. Basically, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let's let's keep reading. The one who was, the one who is, the one who's still to come. Now, verse nine, verse nine. Watch this. Watch this. I hope you get a little picture. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the what? On the throne. Everybody has an altar. Everybody has a throne. All right. When, they, when they're given glory, when they're given honor and thanks to the one on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down. Now, the 24 elders, and I'm just give you a look, just a quick, I believe that is the raptured, church okay we're going to be raptured and if you don't understand that forgive me we'll explain that one day but that is that is that is you and i if you're a jesus follower that's you and i that's in my opinion okay there may be other interpretations but i believe the 24 elders in this passage represent you and i and it says this the us the church the the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne the one who lives forever and ever he keeps saying that just in case because he doesn't want you to lose like hey don't lose track of what's important here the eternal one they lay their crowns before the throne and they say they say you are worthy oh lord that's you and i a picture of heaven right john is saying let me give you a little glimpse you are worthy, O oh Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. So it pleased Him to create you and I. But at the end of the day, in heaven one day, what we're going to be doing is 
we're going to be bowing down and we're going to say, God, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Verse 20, um, Psalm 19. Just going to read it real quick. I'm trying to move fast. I'm trying to prove a point here. The heavens proclaim, Psalm 19, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display the craft, his craftsmanship. Man, that's a whole message in and of itself. Watch this. Day after day, they continue to speak. The heavens declare. The heavens proclaim. proclaim. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Day after day, night after night, are you getting the point here? The Bible says the angels proclaim that he's worthy. The Bible says the skies, the heavens proclaim that he's worthy. The Bible says that even the rocks will cry out. If we don't worship him, if we don't, if we don't give our affection to him, our all, even the rocks will cry out. So he doesn't need my little worship to be worthy. You, you follow me? Like, no, 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 no. I'm not, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him feel like he's worthy. No, no, no. He's worthy because of who he is. And the angels are crying out. And the, the heavens are proclaiming his glory. And even the rocks will cry out. And so he's worthy regardless of what I say or what I do. So why does worship matter? Two points real quick. Number one, because I don't think you want to waste your life on a puny God or puny gods. Little G. You're, you're, listen to me, church. Your life is very limited. You're in and out like this. Last week, I get up to preach. Second service, our, somebody on our team comes to me. Hey, there's been a crash out there. I had no idea who, had, who was involved. Um, and I felt like God said, you know, pray for them. You don't know who they are, but God knows. We prayed as a church for them. A couple hours later, I found out actually one of our own members was involved. Thankfully, he's fine. Ended up in the hospital, but he's doing well. Okay. Sadly, there was a mom. There was a lady, 26, I think. I could be wrong about the age. 40 weeks pregnant, who died. So I don't need to tell you that life, we're in and out at any point. And I don't think that you want to waste your limited time on puny gods. I don't think that you, I don't think, I think that it's imperative for you to, to give your worship and your affection to someone that's worthy. I think that it's essential for you to find a God who's worthy of life's devotion and for you to give your all to whatever that is or whomever that is. So you only have one life. You only have one chance. This is it. Only one opportunity to declare your allegiance, to unleash your affection, to exalt someone or something that's above everything else. And what I'm telling you today, I think that someone is your Savior, your Creator, the one who's supreme, who's above it all. Here's the second reason why worship matters. I believe worship matters because whatever you worship, you become. Whatever you worship, 
you become. It works like this. Whatever you worship, you imitate. Remember the, the example I gave you about Michael Jackson, right? Like oh, millions of people learned his songs, learned his moves, learned, you know, right, right? You're, you're tracking, right? Whatever you worship, whatever you value, you imitate. And whatever you imitate, that's what you become. So let me prove it to you. You worship money, you'll become greedy. The heart, the core of your being, when, when, when I challenge you to honor God with your tithes and offerings, it's not because I want something from you. You've got to know my heart. If you're a guest, if you're listening to this for the first time, this is not something that I want from you. Like, it's something that I want for you. When God says, give a portion of what I blessed you with, it's not so that, so that because, oh, the church needs more. No, 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 no. It's just, it's just because it unties. It, it, it sets us free. And all of a sudden, there's just a flow. And there's just a way of, like, not being, you know, just, you know, not being choked by the things of this world. It has nothing to do with, with money. But if you worship it, I mean, you can be so successful. You can be, you can make, so, if you worship money, you can be the most successful. You can make tons of money. But I promise you, money is intoxicating. You will never have enough. It'll never be enough. You will, you could have millions, but it's ne you'll never, if you worship it, it just chokes you. I mean, let's talk about uh, a sinful habit. The same sin will grab, you worship it, it'll grab, it'll grip your soul and poison your character into death. It'll choke you. You worship stuff, you know, materialistic stuff, you forfeit eternal significance. Whatever you worship, you become. So I want to close with this. I'm going to ask our worship team to get on stage, and we're going to wrap this thing up. Psalm 115, verse 1. Okay, 115, if you have your Bibles, turn there. Okay, I want, to, I want you to get this. 115, I'm going to slow down just a tad so you turn there. 115, verse 1. As our worship team gets on, on stage. So I want to read this passage, and then I want to ask you two questions to just self-reflection questions. Watch this. I love this. Are you having fun? Isn't it fun to study God's Word? Yeah? Thank you. We got one person. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Amen. Let me ask you again, second chance. We're a church of grace. Are you having fun? Okay, isn't it fun to study God's word? Amen, thank you. I need, I need a little encouragement. If not, we'll be here forever, you know? We don't wanna do that. All right, so 115, Psalm 115, verse one, watch this. Not to us, O Lord. And he says that again. Not like, it's almost like he wants, not to us, God. No, 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 not to us, Lord. But to your name goes all the glory because of your unfailing love and your faithfulness. God, God, Lord, not to us. No, 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 we don't. No, not to us, Lord. Let's put up the verse again. Not to us, Lord, but to your name. To your name, God, goes all the glory because of your unfailing love. Now, let's get to verse 4 real quick. By contrast, God exposes the idols and the gods that 
we make and we end up ch choosing to worship, okay? So he gives us a little contrast, and it says this in verse 4. It says, their idols are merely things of silver and gold. They're things. Those are the, God, those are the little gods that we set up sometimes in our lives. Call them idols. Call them whatever you want to call them. Shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak. They have eyes but cannot see. They have ears but they can't hear. You know, and it kind of, he goes on and on. Verse 7. They have hands but cannot feel. Feet but cannot walk. Throats but cannot make a sound. Not too high of a, of a score for man-made gods. Right? Like, uh, yeah, you, you've created all these gods, but not, they're not really worth it, you know? You can't do these things, right? And here's a clincher, verse 8. Those who make them, those who make those little gods, those little idols, will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. Simply put, we worship or we become what we worship. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, two questions. If you're watching online, I want to encourage you. The kids are running around and maybe somebody's doing the dishes or whatever. Just take a moment just kind of hit the pause button for a second. This is why I ask people in the room to bow their heads and close their eyes. This is a personal time. Without this, and this is just a message that's all about information, and we will fall flat if it's all about information. This is about our hearts. And so would you just, if the kids are running around or something, would you just tell them, just, hey, just let's give it a break real quick. Two questions, so we're done. The first one is this. Do you know what God desires most from you? Do you like do you know what God desires most from you? It's not your money. I, I know I just talked about that, but it's not money. It's not your service, it's not your attendance, none, none of those things. The one thing that he desires most, no other person on earth can give him. Do you know what it is? Your affection. No one else can do that. There may be thousands of people throughout the world that can do the work of the ministry. They can serve. They can fill in the gaps. No one on earth can give him your worship, your time, your whatever you, word you want to use there. Only you can give him your affection. Here's the second question. How should this teaching affect our thinking enough so that we're guarding our worship, what we value most, and not wasting our lives on puny gods? How, how do we let it go from our minds to our hearts in such a powerful, such a real way that we're guarding our worship because I struggle with this just like anybody else here. You see me here on stage and you give, you know, I give the message and I'm the pastor and I'm the, the, the professional paid Christian guy, right? No, 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 no. I struggle with this like any of us. 
And when I give, it's like, man, that's hard, you know. When I, when I give, whether it's time or whether, whether it's money or when it, whatever it is, when I have to trust Him, when I put Him first, it's not, it's not always easy. It doesn't come naturally. So why don't you take a few seconds and say, Lord, how, how? I believe the Spirit. I don't want to play the Holy Spirit. I believe the Spirit of God is talking to you right now, and He's telling you, you know what? This thing is a little, it's a puny God in your life. I don't think it would be wise to devote your life to that person or to that thing or to that thought. Maybe you're lonely and God is saying, you know what? You're consumed with that, with that, with be, being alone and you need to let me be your all. You need to trust me. Maybe your little God is your job. Is that what you value? Is that what you worship? Oh, you know, none of us would ever say that that's what we worship. But is that what you're giving most of your time and most of your affection to? Maybe it's a house. Maybe a person. Maybe, you know, what are you, what are you putting when you follow the trail? What are you, what are you putting on that throne? For some people, it may be their salary. For some of us, it's our bodies. For some of us, it's our kids. Would you surrender it to him? I don't think you want to waste your life on puny gods. God, we love you. We thank you for your grace. God, thank you for speaking to us. We just ask you to help us be obedient now. We worship you today. Worship is so much more than the song that we're just going to sing. And so we give you what you first gave us when you created us. Our purpose, the point to this life, it's you, God. And so we, we lay it all down at the foot of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.